Yo, 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 what is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Into the Fryer, Ramblings from the Kitchen podcast. This is Matt Hewitt. And before I get started on today's episode, I just want to thank everyone for hanging in there and all the support and feedback and and love that you guys have shown me. I spent uh, this this episode is about about what I've been doing for the month of August for the most part and and the end of July. And I just want to let you know I'm hoping to get back with regular episodes on a weekly basis. It may or may not happen because sometimes interviews fall through. And being a company of one, you know, I just got to roll with the punches. But that being said, I want to thank you for all the support that you guys have given me. And I hope that you enjoy my little ramble about what I've done in the month of August. Peace. What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another edition of Into the Fryer Ramblings from the Kitchen podcast. My name is Matt Hewitt, and I am your host. It's been a while since I've been in front of the microphone, and I got to tell you, it's good to be back. The Starting in the end of July and most of the month of August, I was traveling uh, for family vacation and for work. And um, what I wanted to talk about today was just how much information there is to be learned out there and how much, how, some myths that were dispelled for me about products that I've been using, uh, both as a chef and as a person in my day-to-day life as a sales rep. It's been really, really interesting this, this last, uh, this actually the whole month of August, um, just getting knowledge, sharing knowledge, and meeting some really, really awesome people. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I was uh, traveling at the beginning of August. I traveled back to uh, Worcester, Ohio, which is where the corporate offices and culinary center for certified English beef are. And I'm just going to throw out this disclaimer. This is not an ad for certified English beef or any of the other companies I may mention or products that I may mention. I'm just talking about um, the wealth of knowledge that I was able to obtain or get by a result of attending a week-long conference at their facility out, out there. Um, having spent most of my adult life in the food industry, I thought I knew quite a bit about beef and Come to find out, I didn't really know shit. Um, the, how do I say this? I knew about the products that I used, but I didn't know a lot overall as it were. I have been working in sales for just about to start my third year with uh, the company I work for. And it's been, I, I mean, I learned something new almost on a daily basis about proteins and having, having an opportunity to get to go to the 
certified Angus Beef Culinary Center and meet with real, true life experts, meeting with ranchers, um, being embedded for a week straight of discussion and cutting and studying and preparation about about cuts and where they come from and how to break down an animal and all of those types of things were just just mind-blowing i've shared on past podcasts and i think i've shared on my blog as well about the learning curve with certain things in regard to the podcast itself website design blah 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 i i seldom talk about learning in the culinary field or in the sales field or what I do on a daily basis. I, I will tell you, I love cooking. I, I love, I love it. I love food. I love eating it. I love all aspects of food. Um, that being said, I, I don't, I do and I don't miss the kitchen. I never say that I never will go back, but I really am enjoying what I'm doing right now, uh, being more of an educator to the chefs that I work with, being a consultant to the chefs that I work with, um, being a soundboard for other people that I work with. But bottom line, the, the thing that I love the most is the fact that I get to spend evenings and weekends with my kids and my family and my wife. Um, you know, it, it, it's... The restaurant industry takes a lot out of you, and I've, I've talked about that before. It requires a huge, huge uh, time investment. Not to say that what I do now doesn't either. However, it's just different. The hours are earlier in the day, and when chefs are getting ready for dinner service, they don't really want to see a salesman trying to come and talk to them about different products. So I thoroughly enjoy what I do, I get plenty of, of involvement with chefs talking about food, you know, even going in and, and talking about different ways to use different pieces of the animal and different cuts and looking for ways to help maximize uh, profit dollars for restaurants, which is what I did independently for a while as a consultant. So it, it, it's, I, I get a lot of, of what I got. Um, but on top of that, I get the quality time with, with my family, which is, which is irreplaceable. So back to uh, the education. I, I got to meet some freaking outstanding people um, as I w- when I was out at the Certified Angus Beef Conference. Not only there was there was uh, sixteen of us that were participating in the in the we'll call it the class. Um, for the for the week, two of whom were worked for for certified Angus beef. Thirteen other people besides myself were all from independent um, independent vendors across the country. So I I got to meet all these people from different walks of life, different you know, a guy from Puerto Rico, people from West Virginia, Tennessee. Uh, you know, North Carolina, Texas, Ohio, uh, North Dakota, you name it. 
there was people from all different parts of the country and, and sharing kind of, you know, what we go through on a daily basis, what we're up against the, 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 you know, it's not that different from one market to the other and, and getting an idea of, of how people are, are kind of going at, um, you know, working with how they're going about working with other chefs and restaurants and food service um, establishments and how, what their approaches are. And maybe I, you know, I, got, I picked up a couple of things from some of the guys there, but the most valuable for me, I would have to say was the time that we spent in what is called the meat lab at certified Angus beef. And we had two people, there was a, a husband and wife, uh, Daniel Clark and Diana Clark, and they would, they're what you would call meat scientists. Now, Daniel is a, has a PhD in meat science. And, and I, I believe that his wife, Diana has a master's and they knew probably more about beef than pretty much anyone that I've come across as far as from a technical standpoint. And Diana um, had has been working with Certified Angus Beef for a little bit longer. And, you know, she and I had a couple of t- uh, moments to talk one-on-one about, about techniques that apply to certain cuts. And um, come to find out she never was a chef. She just studied and studied and studied and then picked up, picked up what she picked up about cooking uh, from going out into the field and working, working with chefs and, and being a part of culinary teams and, and different kinds of things. It just, it just was amazing. So before, before the beginning of, of August, I had, I had no idea how to uh, break down an animal, which is something that I learned. I'd probably have to have a quick refresher course if I had a side of beef in front of me right now, but I think I could, I could muscle my way through it um, at, at a pretty decent clip. I, I don't know if it would be perfect, but I learned, you know, how to identify. Uh, one of the big things was identifying cuts um, that were broken out from, from the different primals of the animal. And that was one of the things where I lacked the most in, in, um, in my journey as, as a, salesman was where do cuts come from why you know how do they interact uh with the animal as a whole you know and where where can you get you know there's a muscle that runs runs along almost the whole entire spine of the animal called the longissimus dorsi where you get several different cuts from depending on where it is in the in in the animal itself so it it just it just opened my eyes and and gave me kind of a gave me a feeling of wow man I, I I knew a bit I've been learning a lot and then getting my eyes open to damn man I really have a hell of a lot more to learn and it'll probably be something that that lasts a lifetime. Uh, one of the other uh, things that was really special about the time that I spent out there was getting to, I met a gentleman uh, named Wes Zimmerman and he 
is like he's like a freaking a powerball of energy and just like super passionate about about the sales side he was a street salesman for a number of years in Oklahoma and different parts of the country um and then has moved on to work with certified Angus beef to to help educate and and share knowledge not only about certified Angus beef but just he for me the information that he shared helped me in my sales approach and just helped me with a better understanding of the industry uh, the cattle industry as a whole there was a couple of myths that I had going in or preconceived notions that I had about certified Angus beef and I'm surprised I was surprised at myself that I didn't know this prior but um, I've always I, I've had a I while I've used certified Angus beef in a lot of the restaurants that I worked in, I always had kind of a preconceived notion of what it was, and a lot of those myths were were dispelled, which was fantastic. I didn't realize, and maybe many of you out there um, won't know this either, but but certified Angus beef itself, the brand is a is a non is a not for profit. So it, it's it's a it's an entity that was created by ranchers for ranchers to help them achieve better results in how they in what they're doing so that they can get a premium and create and, and provide the best quality Angus beef that's out there on the market. It's really, really interesting. I went to a, a farm and and met a met this family that that cow-calf pears uh, and then sell them to commercial ranchers um, but they they breed for for certified Angus beef and it was really interesting to see how much work goes into not only obtaining genetics but make sure making sure to uh, ensure that that the cattle that they that they raise and and sell off will continue to to maintain that high level and the other thing that i thought was interesting is uh, you always see these these shots of of what what us i will call myself a layman did would consider gigantic commercial ranches right where you have you know thousands upon thousands of of head of cattle and these guys are just making a killing and certified Angus beef controls what they do and, and they control what everyone else does and, and come to find out really that's, that's just not the case. Um, you know, the, these, these, this particular family, they had about 50 head of cattle and the average herd size for cattle ranchers in the United States, believe it or not, is about 40. So yes, you have some that, ha- that are larger in, in the middle of the, United States, but for the most part, people that are raising cattle are are doing it. I don't want to say in a boutique level, but they're doing it on a level that's more what you and I would consider to be like. Oh, they have some extra land, and they're going to raise cattle because they need to utilize their land uh, better. Um, you know, I, I I didn't under I didn't understand a lot about about um, 
how cattle fed and how their their stomach or they're called they're what's called a ruminant animal, which is a stomach that has four chambers or rumens. And, and there's all kinds of minutiae that I could get into, but but it's really interesting is that you know you think that ranching is really horrible for the environment. The more you dig into it, it's not necessarily so bad. Some might even argue that it's good for the environment. So if you think about there's places in the South that, that where there's big distilleries and they produce a lot of grain that goes to waste after what is called spent grain or places that produce a lot of beer have spent grain. And a lot of times because of how the cattle's digestive system works, the ranchers will, will purchase that spent grain or, you know, say up in, in Idaho and Montana, they're, you know, or Washington, they're purchasing, they're purchasing, um, you know, off cuts from, from big potato, uh, French fry producers and potato chip producers or peelings, or, you know, when, when the, the French fries that we get in the market or that we get in a, that come frozen in a, in a restaurant, those should be completely 100% blemish free, or that's what, that's what they're trying to obtain. And anything that has a blemish gets kicked out. Those kinds of items go to landfill. And if we didn't have cattle ranchers purchasing those items from those distilleries and those food, other processing plants, they, those would go to landfill and we, filling our landfill yes it would be biodegradable biodegradable material however you wouldn't get you'd have things overflowing and you know their their hooves um help to kind of turn over the turnover pastures and, and whatnot with grazing a lot of times um and you hear this with bison is that a lot of the grasses that grow different animals feed on different ones and if they're not eating those grasses, then they are going to the, the grasses will overgrow and suffocate and kill the kill the soil. It, it's it's really really quite interesting, and I would I would implore people to to do their homework a little bit. Um, you know, a lot of times people make choices to be to be vegan or whatever because they believe that ranching is harmful for the environment and. Um, you know, it might not necessarily be be the case. In fact, there was a New York Times article written recently, uh, not too recently. I'll have to go find, go back, and I'll give you a reference later um, in another episode about the about these uh, vegans that are now becoming uh, going into old school butchery um, that they've totally changed their their viewpoints and and thoughts on on farming. It's it's really interesting, you know. You have to have one, and you have to have the other, as far as like agriculture and ranching is concerned, and they they work in conjunction with each other. What I learned or what I gathered was it was more of a symbiotic relationship um, than than we would than we would tend to think. And here's just my little whatever you want to call it, but there's a lot of misinformation out there that people take and run with that that should be researched before we maybe make a decision on doing something.
And that's about all I have for that. So I, I will just say that my time at Certified Angus Beef was just, just eye-opening. And I'm really appreciative uh, to my, my company that I work for for believing in me and, and wanting to send me out there to get, to get more education. And, and I definitely will use that. Um, and I have been already. I have been already. Uh, I, took another, I took another trip towards the end of the month, a couple weeks back, um, out to LA to work with, to do another kind of uh, three-day, four-day uh, networking event and, and education uh, event with one of the vendors that, that my company works for. And, and this is a company that, that I'd purchased from as a chef I purchased their product through another vendor as a chef for a long, long time when I was working in Southern California. In, in the restaurants that I was working, I used a lot of lamb, a lot of venison, and this company uh, imported imports um, imports venison, uh, elk, lamb, wagyu beef. You know, all all sorts of items. They deal in specialty specialty meats and, and game um, and a lot of the product that they bring in is from New Zealand and Australia and it was really really um, just an amazing event we got to try you know different different products um, from all over you know New Zealand we tried uh, they, they are one of the big suppliers of bison in the US and we tried for you know Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. We sampled and sampled and sampled. I mean, I don't think in any three day period that I've consumed more uh, venison and wagyu beef and uh, and one hundred percent grass fed in this month uh, in my in my entire life. Had had some great great bonding experiences. Met again the people that were there for the for the entirety of the weekend. There was probably about twenty to thirty of us. Um, I got to get out on the ocean uh, near where I grew up, which was all which is always a a, a blessing. Uh, do some deep sea fishing, and really had it was it was a lot of of bonding and talking to people from different again. Uh, uh, talking to different people from from different parts of the country and and what they what they sell and how they sell it and 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 you know what they're how what the conversations that they're having with chefs and restaurateurs and 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 other food service establishments are there's no substitute i don't think in what i do now for that extra bit of knowledge that connection that you can get with with um with people and you know I, there happened to be a few lengthy car rides uh, along the weekend and so you know i happened to um become friendly with with a rancher a guy from from australia who who raises uh wagyu wagyu beef and and you know just finding out the the different intricacies of of what they do versus what done in japan versus what is done in in the u.s is, is really interesting and then 
you know, coming to find out from from products from New Zealand, all these all of these venison and and, uh, and other uh, lamb products are are, I think by law in New Zealand they're they're one hundred percent antibiotic and one hundred percent hormone free, um, and, and you know it just just blew me away to see how different chefs um, put their spin on different different cuts and different preparations for for different items, and then to be able to use some of that and go back because. You know where I live in Salt Lake. They're not really com- competing. They're not competing with people in in LA or people in in Ohio or anywhere. You know, it's 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 one of those things of like then I get to go back and be a conduit for sharing of the knowledge that that um, I was able to gain or be able to you know talk to people that that were chefs at one point and how they will talk to their chefs that they're selling. It just was really, really a freaking blast. And, you know, I, I'm, again, grateful to my company. I'm grateful to the to the company that, that uh, sponsored the event, Broadleaf Game. Uh, they, they, they were freaking so awesome. Uh, Mark and Annie Mitchell and, and their friend Tim, who, who I have the pleasure of knowing. Um, and then to get to be able to meet some of the people that they work with and find out just... It, it was a great time of being able to just share stories and and talk about you know all kinds of different things about you know people with young kids and you you didn't talk just one hundred percent about about the job which was which was really awesome and then we had people you know we had presenters from from Australia like I said and, and New Zealand you know there's some really awesome awesome stuff some really great stories. Uh, coming out of out of New Zealand where there's single you know single source lamb ranches um, that are producing some just awesome awesome stuff and then also finding out about about transportation and how efficient you know I, we've always thought talk about in, in at least where I live um, a big thing is is reducing carbon footprint and coming to find out that importing you know these products from New Zealand and Australia on a ship is about the same amount of, of um, carbon footprint that you would have for transporting product on a train to States. So it, it, you know, that's just one of the little tidbits. I will say I had some really great, a couple of great, really, really fine dining experiences when I was, when I was uh, there. The first one was with my parents picked me up. My dad and my stepmom picked me up from the airport on Saturday morning. And, um, I wanted to go, there's, there's a place that I, I wanted to try after watching this, this Netflix documentary. The Netflix documentary is called the Taco Chronicles. And the place that I wanted to try is called Sonora Town and it's in downtown LA. And so I set out to, uh, took my, my folks on this quest to go to Sonora Town and come to find out there was probably a line of about you know, 50 to 75 people deep on a Saturday afternoon in late August when it was about you know, pushing triple digits. So my dad, 
my dad suggested, he said, Hey, you know, I just ate the other day at, at this place called pro and proper. I think it's pro and proper P R E U X and proper or pro and proper. I, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Maybe one of you can help me out with that pronunciation, but it was, um, really, really, we ended up going over there. I had a freaking awesome, hot Nashville chicken sandwich and, uh, just just really had a great time and then the last night of the event that i was attending we, we ate at this restaurant as a group called pretty uh excuse me called redbird la and uh it was it was freaking off the hook the way i mean we had a, a prefixed menu but the way that the chef the, the chef was freaking top notch and the way that he treated um, treated everything, uh, how he did his preparations were, were just fantastic. So, I mean, it was, it was a really busy, fun month of August. Got, you know, the kid, the kids are back in school. We just had Labor Day, um, and getting geared up for fall here in, in the Salt Lake. And, uh, looking forward to bringing you some awesome, awesome podcasts. I will tell you that I am getting some new interviews lined up because I know for me, I can ramble on for a long, long time, but you listening to my voice solid for a half an hour with no other voice coming across might be a little bit of a bummer. But I am getting back into the swing of things and we should have uh, over the next few weeks, solid interviews week after week after week. So I'm hoping to keep that rolling. I also have another little uh, project that I'm working on with a couple of friends of mine, and you'll have, just have to stay tuned for that. I want to thank everyone for the support and the love and the feedback. And if you were one of those people that I met on those two weeks that I was out traveling, you know, uh, from you know anyone from, from Texas or or, you know, Wisconsin, or Tennessee, or Alabama, or wherever you were from, if you're listening to this, I want to say it was an ultimate pleasure meeting you. I want to thank all the team from, from Broadleaf that were so gracious and, and hosting us and providing just a wonderful, wonderful uh, wealth of knowledge and, and the team from, from Certified Angus Beef. I, I really, truly appreciate all of you all of the resources that you provided for me. So I hope that all of you have a great week and I look forward to getting back into a regular flow. Take care. Peace. Hey y'all, it's Matt. And I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. And I want to tell you, if you like what I'm doing, you can go to friarpod.com. That's F-R-Y-E-R-P-O-D.com. And you can check out more of the content that I'm creating. I have all of the podcast episodes up there. I have a blog with several posts that you might want to get into where I talk about different things from uh, food to food to being a dad to home improvement just a myriad of topics. And I also have some vlog episodes 
and I will be getting back into doing vlogging. But if you like what you're hearing, go subscribe on one of the uh, one of the places where you listen to the podcast. Subscribe to my newsletter. Show some support. I also have a Patreon page if you want to check that out. You can uh, become a, a donor, and there's some treats for people that have different levels of donations. But I just want to thank you and hope that you enjoyed this episode and any other ones. You can go check out the archive on the website or on any of your major podcast platforms. Take care. Peace.